You're going to love this. Just love it. Yes, you are. Wall-to-wall Jody Arias news. Breaking. Not really. Yes, I do. For wall-to-wall Jody Arias news. Scared we won't have enough Jody Arias news. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. Stuck in the middle with you right here live in Los Angeles on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and, of course, coast-to-coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Stitcher Radio app. On the TuneIn Radio app, just try to dodge us. Just try to get away from our 110,000 blazing watts of truth up and down the California Southland and across the globe. I am, of course, Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me here for another uh, rockin' hour of uh, of what you may not get anywhere else in the media. Actually, what we know for a fact that you will not get anywhere else in the media. No, we will have no Jody Arias news today whatsoever. My apologies for that. Hope you're okay with that. Instead, we're going to devote the entire hour to the issue that I think has been uh, on everyone's lips in America the issue that uh, we can't uh, get enough of over these past six months, Benghazi. No, not really. We're not covering Benghazi either. You know, I've got, uh, oh, maybe a little. Yeah, Desi says, yeah, actually, maybe we will cover. We, we do have a, a few things we, we may say on Benghazi, if we have time. Uh, you know, uh, 10,000. Today, we've got 10, our 10,000th uh, article at bradblog.com. Uh, and not one of them is about Jody Arias. Where have we gone wrong? You can uh, please come by uh, bradblog.com. Help us celebrate our 10,000th article at bradblog.com, now in our 10th year. But no, we're going to cover stuff that actually matters today, both here on the Bradcast and at the Brad Blog. Uh, we are going to get to, I'm going to try to um, make some sense for you and for me out of Syria and uh, these claims about uh, chemical weapons that we uh, the, the the red line that uh, has the the right wingers on edge they can't wait to start uh, start the bombing to get into another war to send uh, your kids and mine into a new war that they won't have to fight they can't wait and they're even willing to uh, you know do exactly what they did back in uh, Iraq make stuff up to send us to war and here we are 10 years after Iraq. We just went through a, a round of, of navel-gazing and hand-wringing in the media over uh, did we learn the lessons, could Iraq happen again, and guess what? It's happening again! How many people out there uh, heard the news, not about Syria and uh, Bashar Assad using chemical weapons, but of the Syrian rebels 
using chemical weapons, of the Syrian rebels using sarin gas, and not the Bashar Assad regime, which, by the way, is a terrible regime, has killed, uh, I think nobody doubts, has killed tens of thousands of its own citizens. But that's not the point. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to try to clarify what we do know and what we don't know. Uh, and what the media is just uh, making up as they go along, and what the right wing is just making up as they go along. That's going to be coming up a little later in the hour. But first, I want to make sense of what happened yesterday in South Carolina. There was a uh, special election for the U.S. House in South Carolina, wherein Mark Sanford, the former governor, he of the uh, Appalachian Trail, uh, who, who, as governor, uh, you know, claimed uh, that he was out hiking the Appalachian Trail, lied to his own staff, lied certainly to his own wife, because he wasn't uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail. He was actually down in Argentina with his new girlfriend. And uh, that new girlfriend is now his fiance. And uh, the disgraced Republican governor is trying to uh get his reputation back i suppose he's trying to rebuild from scratch so he's running for this uh, vacant seat that has opened up in south carolina's first district and he happens to be running against or he was running against the democrat elizabeth colbert bush i'm sorry elizabeth colbert bush who is actually the sister of stephen colbert um We've been talking about this race for uh, the past two months, I think, since the uh, since the primary elections there, and, and for a reason. South Carolina is the state that still uses the 100% unverifiable voting machines that elected, or that are said to have elected, a guy by the name of Alvin Green to become the Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate back in 2010. Alvin Green, a guy who nobody had ever heard of, a guy who did no campaigning at all, who had no campaign website, who had no campaign cash, who didn't even own a cell phone, he was unemployed, and yet somehow we were told that the people, the Democrats of the state, the great state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State, decided they wanted Alvin Green to be their nominee for the U.S. Senate back in 2010 against Senator Jim DeMint at the time, rather than Vic Rawl. The uh, uh, four-term uh, former state uh, legislator, circuit court judge, a guy who had actually uh, raised uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for his campaign, who had campaigned all over the state. Instead of Vic Roll, those touchscreen voting machines 100% unverifiably chose Alvin Green over Vic Roll, a guy who, uh, you know, actually has credentials, who was going to win in a rout. Alvin Green was named the winner of that race in 2010. And there was nothing that anyone could do about it. Vic Rawl challenged. He said there's no explanation for this. He got uh, uh, political scientists. He got computer scientists, all of whom said there is no other explanation for this other than the 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting machines that they use in the state of South Carolina had some kind of error. They were either had an error or they were manipulated. Nobody knew. Well, it was those same exact voting machines that were used in yesterday's race between the disgraced Republican Mark Sanford and the Democratic candidate Elizabeth Colbert Bush. Now, when we started talking about this two months ago, uh, back in uh, early April, right after the uh, right after the March primaries, 
there was some polling out, some polling out from the public policy polling firm, PPP, which is a Democratic-leaning firm, but it had uh, one of the, if not the, best records in 2012 in all 50 states during the presidential election cycle. It was the most accurate. It was found uh, by a news source after news source to have been the most accurate of all of the uh, polling firms out there during the uh, during the 2012 during the 2012 presidential election cycle. PPP right after the primary election uh, for this uh, district's first district in South Carolina had Colbert Bush up by two points over the disgraced Mark Sanford. Several weeks went by, the uh, campaigning got underway, Uh, Elizabeth Colbert Bush was of course helped a little bit here and there by her brother, Stephen Colbert, who came out and um, campaigned for her once or twice. He also talked about her on the show, gave her the Colbert bump, and then just two weeks or so ago, news broke that Mark Sanford was being accused by his former wife of trespassing. At her home, he was caught in the middle of the night sneaking out of the house using his iPhone as a, a, a as a flashlight. Things were going from bad to worse for Governor Mark Sanford. <clears throat> PPP came up with a, a, a new poll at that time. They released their new poll and found that Colbert Bush's lead over Mark Sanford had expanded to nine points. It started at two points. It had expanded just two weeks ago to nine points. Well, things changed over those past two weeks in South Carolina. It is, after all, a very Republican district. This district went to uh, uh, Mitt Romney over over uh, uh, Barack Obama by some 15 points. Actually, it was 15 or 18 points in this district in 2012. A very Republican district. On the other hand, Republicans like to pretend they have family values. They like to pretend they care about a guy who cheats on his wife. Uh, They like to pretend a guy who uses state resources to secretly leave the state when he's governor to go down to uh, Argentina to continue this affair he was having. And so the race tightened up. As expected, the race tightened up. And by Sunday of this week, this past uh, this past Sunday, two days before the election, PPP came out and they said it was back to being a toss up, just as it was after the primaries when Colbert Bush had a lead of uh, of two points, which, you know, within the margin of error. That was a toss-up. Once again, by Sunday, it was a toss-up. It was going to be another neck-and-neck race. We were going to be up, uh, it was going to be a long night on Tuesday. Well, guess what? That toss-up race in South Carolina on those 100% unverifiable voting machines that sent Alvin Green to the, uh, uh, to, to be the Democrats' U.S. nominee for the U.S., uh, nominee for the U.S. Senate back in 2010. That toss-up race on Sunday became a landslide last night. 54 to 45, Mark Sanford is said by those machines to have defeated Elizabeth Colbert Bush by nine points, according to the 100% unverifiable voting machines. That means in two weeks, in two weeks, there was an 18-point swing in Mark Sanford's favor, in favor of the adulterer, in favor of the man who used state resources uh, to, to leave the country in the middle of his term as governor. An 18-point swing. Mark Sanford is said to have defeated Elizabeth Colbert Bush 
by nine points, despite the polling of the nation's best polling firm, PPP. The head of that firm, Tom Jensen, tweeted last night, quote, I feel bad about our South Carolina one polling. He added, I'd feel worse if there had been any indication from any other polling that Sanford's landslide was coming. Well, don't feel bad, Tom Jensen. Uh, we're not a polling firm, of course. Uh, we might have given you the indication that such a landslide was coming had you been reading the Brad blog where we have been warning about this day <clears throat> since the first day of April. Actually, April 1st. I had to make a point that it was not an April Fool's joke that Stephen Colbert's sister was running uh, in South Carolina on 100% unverifiable voting machines, the same ones that elected the unknown Alvin Green to be the U.S. Uh, to be the nomination, nominee for the U.S. Senate back in 2010. So, Tom Jensen, uh, don't feel bad. As, uh, as Vic Rawl, the man who lost to Alvin Green, told me uh, a few weeks ago after I ran my first report on this, uh, he, you know, and I said, uh, look, can you get the word to Elizabeth Colbert Bush about these machines, about the concerns about these machines? Because Vic Rawl had been a reporter and he told me, Brad, your, your article was straight on, was right on the money. He said, uh, but the fact is, no matter what the results are going to be on election night, no matter what, the numbers come in no matter what sense they make or don't. He said, quote, the fact is there's not a darn thing that anybody can do about it. And he is, of course, exactly right. That's what we get with 100 percent unverifiable voting systems. Now, it may be that Mark Sanford legitimately won last night by nine points. It may be that uh, somehow these these Republicans who were nine points against him just two weeks ago suddenly decided to forgive him, uh, thought he was a better candidate, thought he did a better job, and that they legitimately elected him by nine points in a landslide over, Col- over Colbert Bush. That's uh, perfectly legitimate. It's also legitimate, by the way, that uh, public policy polling, PPP, got it completely wrong. That they don't know what they're talking about, or they know what they're talking about. They're one of the finest polling outfits in the country, but in this case, they just got it wrong. They, you know, they, they, they weighted their poll improperly. They interpreted the numbers improperly. That's completely legitimate as well. Tom Jensen and PPP could have screwed this up entirely and just gotten it wrong. All of that is potentially true. The problem is no one will know. No one will ever know. No one can ever know if it's true. We've got 100% faith-based voting in South Carolina. And by the way, that's not the only state in this country where we still have 100% faith-based voting. And I think this is a problem. Uh, how about you? My number is 818-985-5735 if you'd like to get into the broadcast here with any thoughts. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Uh, yeah, I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem in every state where it happens. I think it's important to talk about it now, not just, you know, weeks before a, a presidential election, but to make everyone understand that we have uh, that that a third of this nation, at least a third of this nation still casts 100 percent unverifiable votes, including, by the way, the president of the United States, who voted on a 100 percent unverifiable voting system. When he early voted last uh, last year in November for himself, 
At the time, he was asked by the media jokingly, hey, who'd you vote for? His response, of course, I can't tell you who I voted for. And they all laughed. Of course, he can't because it's a secret ballot. That was the joke. But there was much more truth in his comments uh, than anything else. I can't tell you who I voted for, he said. Uh, Sure enough, nobody can tell you who he voted for because he voted on 100% unverifiable voting machines. And those machines, by the way, are about to get much worse. We're going to be talking about this in uh, in in upcoming programs, I promise you. Um, I've been working on a story about this for for Brad blog. Hope, hope to have it out this week or next. But uh, currently, the uh, Democratic science deniers. Yes, you heard me right. The Democratic science deniers in the California state legislature approved, uh, at least in committee, of Internet voting for a pilot program to move forward. This despite uh, some 30 people who showed up, scientists, world-class scientists, uh, voting advocacy groups, all against. There were some 30 people who testified against this bill. One guy, one discredited guy, I'll get into that in the future, um, advocated in favor, testified in favor of this bill. 30 against the scientists say, do not do this. It is not a solvable problem. Internet voting is 100% unverifiable. We can't even test it. A pilot program cannot be uh, used to test Internet voting because we can't do a legitimate pilot program when it comes to Internet voting because you can't uh, actually test it. You can't actually throw uh, denial of service attacks. You can't actually throw viruses at the test because that would be illegal. And yet the uh, the Democratic science deniers up in Sacramento approved this bill. Anyway, we're going to talk about more of that in the future. But I want to let you know about what's going on because this problem is getting worse, not better. No matter how much I yell and scream about it, no matter how much my hair is on fire about it. All right, we're going to get to the phones in a second. Uh, I, I want to very quickly, however, uh, at least flag this item that I meant to flag last week. Last week, uh, and it's uh, related, you'll see in a second. But last week, uh, we had a couple of stories. It was It was so bizarre. It was like a throwback to uh, both 2000 and 2004. We talked a little bit about uh, 2000 and the fact that uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor came out and said, maybe, maybe the Supreme Court made a mistake back in 2000 in the Bush v. Gore case when uh, five justices of the Supreme Court, despite what the voters of the country and despite what the voters of Florida had to say, when five justices, including Sandra Day O'Connor, on the Supreme Court, put George Bush into office in the Bush v. Gore case and stopped the counting of votes by the legal voters of Florida and installed George W. Bush. That was uh, last week, uh, and uh, it made us look for a moment back at 2000. Then we looked at 2004 at bradblog.com, where Ernest Canning wrote a, a, a really important piece that I would recommend to you. Uh, in a fight that is still going on, uh, and interestingly enough, John Kerry, the 2004 presidential nominee, has finally now called for the uh, hand count of votes uh, in a presidential election. Unfortunately, it was not his, but rather the presidential election in Venezuela. 
That's where John Kerry wants a 100% hand count of paper ballots in Venezuela before he will recognize Hugo Chavez, uh, I'm sorry, Hugo Chavez's successor as the legitimate uh, winner of that election. Now, mind you, down in Venezuela, they also use 100% unverifiable voting systems. Yes, they use touchscreen voting systems that print out a, a, a little uh, computer printed version of the vote and they place that into a box. It is, of course, uh, impossible to verify whether any of those printed versions are actually reflecting the intent of the voters. But it's interesting that all of a sudden John Kerry gives a damn about election integrity uh, and gives a damn about counting the votes of voters. Where were you back in 2004, Mr. Kerry? 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. Let's take a a couple quick calls here before we have to go to a break. Uh, Kamal in West Covina, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Um, Is South Carolina one of those states that allows uh, Republicans to vote in the Democratic primary? Um, I'm trying to think back if they are or not. Uh, Because that would explain the, you know, numbers and... uh, switch and everything uh which number well you're you're talking about back in in 2010 for alvin green because yeah uh you know what i can't remember no i i don't think they do uh because we would have gone over that at the time and it was so many years ago now i have to look at the details but every single uh plausible explanation back in 2010 for why alvin green might have uh might have won was was disabused by the actual facts on the ground. Uh, so no, it was not that back in 2010. And of course, okay, this. One more comment. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, regarding the uh, vote in Venezuela and Kerry's request, mm-hmm. I heard the uh, diplomats from Venezuela saying that uh, the United States had their own problem with the uh, last Bush election <laughs> when he got in. Good. And that uh, Florida thing. So. Yep. They turned it back on them. As well they should. I mean, we have absolutely no moral authority to call for legitimate elections in any, any country uh, in the world after what we've gone through over the past uh, 13 years at least. Thanks, Kamal. I appreciate your thoughts here. Uh, let me go to uh, Dave in Long Beach. Uh, hey, Dave, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thanks, Brad. Um, I'm uh, scared to death of this issue, and I, I bet you every one of your listeners is scared to death, and I call upon them to all learn, I mean, all to get out there and work with our strongest ally in this, and that is the right wing. To, to work with the right wing on the Oh, I see, because uh, they also distrust the system. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm on this Facebook page. It's called I Didn't Vote for Obama. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you know, I, like to, I like to rag him. But not a day goes by somebody doesn't post... Uh, Hey, I didn't vote for him, and and neither does anybody I know. So how did he get elected? Well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, We absolutely have to work with the right-wingers, and I work with them, by the way, all the time. I would probably be giving the same rant today about the Colbert Bush, uh, Mark Sanford race had it gone the other way, had Elizabeth Colbert Bush won in either a landslide or a close race. The fact is, uh, we've got to, this notion that it's okay to have 100% unverifiable uh, elections in this country is absolutely insane. And so some of the folks on the right 
have gotten that. Uh, you know, oddly enough, guys like Joe Miller, uh, Joe uh, Tea Party Miller up there in Alaska, uh, a lot of the Ron Paul people have figured this out. Too many, yeah. uh, too many of the folks on the right, unfortunately, are obsessed with problems that have nothing to do with the issue. Uh, you know, th- this fake photo ID uh, nonsense, and frankly, that knocks them out of the game entirely because uh, they're not focusing on issues that actually uh, matter. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, I'm not trying to, to work with the ones on the right that have integrity. I want to work on the ones that are just the crazy and paranoid and frightened, you know, like they think, uh, you know, that uh, the, the black helicopters are coming. Well, listen, uh, it, this... You know, now you're getting into conspiracy theories, which is what people use against, uh, frankly, against me when I talk about this stuff, when I say that people ought to be able to oversee and authenticate our own elections. So, listen, I will work with anybody. I just want to motivate them. All right. I just want to motivate them. All right. Well, get get to work, Dave. Uh, i got to run. i got a bunch of calls here. Uh, and you can also, uh, people started this morning uh, tweeting to Stephen Colbert, whose um, Twitter name is Stephen at Home. They've been trying to say, hey, have the Brad blog on your show to explain what happened. I am on the Twitter. I am the Brad blog, by the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, and he's Stephen at home. In case you'd like to raise some hell, please do. Uh, let me go to line four here. Uh, Matt on uh, KPFK. Welcome to the broadcast, Matt. Hi, uh, this is Matt Hollingsworth. I'm on the 405 in traffic, but I just want to say that. Drive safely, Matt. We're missing, we're missing the point on this. We actually can provide a much better audit trail with electronics than we can with paper ballots. <laughs> and the problem is we just haven't done it. Yeah. And furthermore, the only dispute in the University of Michigan study yeah. from us being able to do that was that somebody could do a denial of service. Somebody could block voting. Wait, you mean, wait, wait, you're talking about the University of Michigan. Let me just bring everyone up to speed and drive safely on the 405 because it's illegal what you're doing, Matt. Um, but anyway... Oh. Uh, so the University of Michigan, they actually hacked into an Internet mock election uh, back right before the 2010 election. Washington, D.C. was going to go live with this uh, Internet election, and uh, the computer scientists and security experts begged people to open it up to, uh, to testing, to, to a mock election, and they did, and within hours, the University of Michigan had taken over the system completely, had changed every vote that had been cast in the mock election, had inserted a script that would change every vote in the future that was cast, and they even took control of the security cameras inside the tabulation room. So, that's the background. Now, Matt, what are you saying? Why does that give us a better uh, record? So, here's, here's the reason why. So, first of all, you can hack any system, whether it's physical or it's electronic. But we trust our financial transactions... We trust our nuclear missiles uh-huh. with this kind of technology. We okay. can do it. Let me let me and let me respond to you, Matt. And I'm I don't mean to cut you off because we're we, I got a lot of people calling, and I do want to get back to this topic in the future. I'll, I'll devote a whole show to internet voting. I promise you. But let me just very quickly respond. Yes, we do bank online, uh, and by the way, those banking transactions are hacked all the time. But more importantly. When we have a transaction online like a banking transaction, it is not secret. It is not a secret ballot. You can check it. The bank can check it. Everyone who is a party to that transaction can check it. Not, Today, not hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yes, you can. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying, Matt. And I understand you're driving, so it's hard to pay attention. But... The fact is, you can go back to that transaction the next day, the next week, the next year. Five years later, you can go back to that transaction and make sure it was recorded accurately. The bank can do that as well. When you're dealing with a secret ballot in elections, 
You can never do that. Once you press you, the you cast vote, once you absolutely can do that, it just won't identify you. You control the keys. This is public key cryptography. It's okay. used by everyone. Hey, Matt, how are you able to go back a week later and uh, check to see if your vote was counted accurately and if everyone else's vote was counted accurately? Look, the way you do it is you look it up in the database. I work for Microsoft SQL Server in the development. So no more, so no more secret ballots. So no more secret ballots. The key is, the key is, the key can't be tied to your name. You have to have control over how you tie the key to who the person is. As long as you do that, you can count the votes. Matt. You can verify the votes. Matt, uh, after an election, if you have a question about uh, uh, how the vote was cast and you want to know was Brad Friedman's vote cast accurately, how will you yeah. as a citizen go about finding that out? I'll tell you exactly how you do it. You do it. take your key, mm-hmm. you go onto the site, and you check your vote. You have my no key? No one else can do it. You have my key? I can decrypt. Only I can decrypt who that person is. So you have the key to decrypt my vote, Matt? I have the key to decrypt my vote. Right. Anybody who wants to be right. process to okay. enable statistical sampling can make that available to auditors. Right. We can check our own vote. Of course, we don't know if the database actually counted it that way. We only know that it is telling us they counted it that way. But more importantly, Matt, and I'm going to let you go, but please do call back because you're good, and I'd love to have this out with you if I didn't have so much I had to cover today. But uh, you cannot check whether the database counted it accurately or not. You can only find out what it tells you about your vote. And I Same cannot go I cannot Same go wrong, and I'll explain it to you when you're off the air because I, I can't talk over you, Matt. But uh, I cannot go and check everyone else's vote to make sure that they were uh, uh, recorded and counted accurately. I can do that, however, with a paper ballot, because I know if I'm looking at a paper ballot and if the chain of custody was secure, I know that that paper ballot reflects the voter's intent. I can never know what your vote was, not my vote, Matt, but your vote, I can never know if the vote that you cast actually reflected your intent. And I do got to, I do got to run. You got any uh, last word here? I, I don't mean to cut you off. We'll have this out another day. Yeah, all I can say is that it's pro- it's provably possible to do it, and we can we can debate it another time. And and we will because uh, those scientists who who deal with uh, things like uh, banking, computer banking, and uh, you talked about yeah, uh, nu- nuclear me, missiles. And, uh, that includes me, by the way. Okay, good. Well, we'll have you on. Contact me offline i'd love to hear from you i'll do that and and we'll talk uh because uh david jefferson from livermore lawrence livermore laboratories for example they oversee nuclear weapons uh he is the one who was up there saying in sacramento he was one among many saying this is not a solvable problem i know he said because i'm a uh, computer scientist and security expert so we'll have matt on and we'll talk about that in the future uh do i have time or do i got to get to a break here let me uh, see if i can take one or two more quick calls uh very very quick try to keep a question short hey daniel welcome to the broadcast uh hello uh i was wondering about the the voting machines behind those yep. and what companies own them and if there's anything organized to like get them out uh, the, the machines used in South Carolina, if that's the race you're talking about, was uh, ESNS, Electronic uh, Software and, uh, 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 wait, what is it? Electronic Systems and Software. Software, something like that. ESNS is what we call them. And they're a private company, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, well, maybe, like, boycott them or something for long yeah. enough. Yeah, that would be good. Sure if there's enough people. Yeah, they should be out of business. Okay, they're a terrible you. company. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the broadcast. 
Yeah, hey, Brad. Thanks hey. for your continued work. Please Thank you, sir. keep it up. We need you out there. Thank you, sir. Hey, my question is, uh, pardon me, some people claim if our elections, <laughs> pardon me, if our elections aren't perfect, such as the, the candidates aren't exactly the way we like them or the system isn't perfect, we should boycott it. I think that's uh, not a good move. That makes us seem significant. I think we should boycott companies and not elections. What? Sure, I, I, well, I, I think you're absolutely right. Thanks for the call, Andrew. Uh, if you boycott an election, if you don't participate in it, uh, bad guys don't have to steal your vote. You gave it to them. You make it really easy for them. Boycotting elections is the dumbest thing on earth. We already, most of America already boycotts elections. We're lucky if we get 40% turnout, uh, in, in most of these elections. So, uh, the politicians don't care if you boycott. They love it when you boycott. And they don't even notice when you boycott. These people who talk about boycotting elections. No, you don't boycott an election. If you want to uh, participate in it, do. If you don't want to participate, don't. But the important thing is fight for your right to cast the vote and fight for your right to have that vote counted. What is wrong? And the evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. But it does matter, at least if you want to vote. It matters, and uh, it needs to be counted accurately. We're going to come back with more of your calls and uh, unwinding, unpacking the truth about what the hell is going on in Syria. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. been thinking of a way to give back to your favorite radio station, then join us here at the KPFK Studios in North Hollywood for the upcoming spring into summer fun drive. We need your help in our call center starting on Tuesday, May 14th. Email volunteer at kpfk.org to reserve your spot now, or log on to kpfk.org and click on volunteer for more details. And while you're there, check out some of our other volunteer and internship opportunities. Next time on Smiley and West from PRI. Our dear sister Cecilia Fire Thunder. Even though we have a high rate of financial poverty, we still have a lot of strong values as Indian people. Sharing, helping each other out, stepping up and working with each other. Cecilia Fire Thunder. Next time on Smiley and West. From PRI. Smiley and West, Saturday morning at 11, right here on 90.7 FM, KPFK.
rising above the noise and confusion right here on KPFK and the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Brad of bradblog.com. Glad you could join us. Uh, don't forget, you can tweet me anytime at the Bradblog on the Twitters. You can find us on the Facebook at the Twitters. And you can come uh, help us celebrate our 10,000th article posted today at bradblog.com. Uh, welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, we've got a couple of folks on the line. Let me see if I can get to those calls. Uh, do I have it? Yeah, I will. Okay, I want to talk about Syria and ra- rise above the noise and confusion on that. But let me uh, take a couple of these very, very quickly. If you can keep it short, I'd appreciate it. Randy, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, I'm calling about, is there a way to do, to, to like the, the press the press the ballot, have it electronically counted, and then have the ballots like they do the you know um, it's scanned in separately, so there's a hole in the ballot plus there's an electronic, and then once there are all of them are scanned for the precinct, then you have a double check. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's kind of what uh, Venezuela does. But if you want to know the problem with, uh, I got to cut you off because there were things. Um, if you want to know what the problem is with computer printed ballots. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on this show with uh, Dean Logan, the registrar uh, of Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, larger than 42 states, by the way. Um, computer printed ballots cannot be verified after an election as actually reflecting the voter intent. And if you have any question about that, go to Brad blog and in the search box, type in four of four out of 12 of my own votes misprinted. Because that's what happened here in L.A. a few years ago to me when the computer system uh, misprinted four out of 12 of my own votes. And um, most people, as studies show us, don't check their computer printed ballot. And of those who do, two thirds don't notice when the computer flipped the vote. Uh, Franz in North Hollywood, welcome to the broadcast. Yes, Brad, how are you? I'm okay. Um, I wish to make a comment about the Americans making a, a comment about the Venezuelan election. Please do. I, I find it very peculiar that he comes from these Americans and criticize Venezuela when we know that they have a much better voting system than we have here. And uh, so they give them their critique and they want 100% uh, recount. I think it's, it's appalling. I will. Uh, I will half agree with you. Uh, their system is not 100 percent better than what we have here. Uh, it's pretty much as bad, although they like to think it's better. Uh, but you're right. Uh, we have absolutely no credibility in this uh, pl- on this planet anymore to criticize anybody else's election system. But yeah. Both sides down there agreed beforehand that it is a reliable system. It was verified, and mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. I don't want to be an expert, yeah. but it was verified. They agreed on it. And yeah. it has worked for them very well. Yeah. So why now change it? But the well, Fran- France, make- France, uh, m- most people agreed in South Carolina that the system works very well, too. Both parties agreed that it works just fine. What's your point? The point is we should not work with the teabagging Republican <laughs> fascists on the right. Okay. Thanks. We take too many clues from them. Yeah. Even KPFK, when they make references, they always look to the right. They go to the Wall Street Journal, which is Murdoch. Why does the left always look to the right to get their cues? Can't they stand on their own feet? Good question. We have and people, good, we good. Have people on KPFK <laughs> who already pointed out. All right, Franz. Good. I got, I got to let you go. I'm going to do exactly what you'd like me to do, though. I'm going to look to the right, and I'm going to beat the crap out of them right now in this, uh, in this story about Syria. I do appreciate the call, Franz. 
Cons. Uh, a couple, actually, it wasn't a couple weeks ago. It, it was last year. Do we have this? Um, actually, I'm not even going to play this because I'm going to try to get us up to speed here. I'm running a little bit late. So I, I will just read what the president actually said about, uh, when was this? Uh, January, February, March, April, May. This was May of, actually, 2012, I believe. And uh, he said uh, about uh, the, the Bashar Assad regime, he said, we have been very clear to the Assad regime, but also to other players on the ground, that a red line for us is we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. That, he said, would change his calculus, he said, in, in response to a question from Chuck Todd. Last year, uh, actually it wasn't, I think it was August. Uh, we had the date wrong here. But this was last year, he talked about a red line seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. Well, um, earlier, uh, it was about two weeks ago now, uh, the end of April, we had a finding. And this red line, the media and the right-wingers would like you to believe, had been crossed. But let's pay very close attention to what the U.S. actually said here. This is uh, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel on the 25th of April when it was discovered that the uh, Assad regime might have used some chemical weapons. The U.S. intelligence community assesses with some degree of varying confidence that the Syrian regime has used chemical weapons on a small scale in Syria, specifically the chemical agent sarin. We cannot confirm the origin of these weapons, but we do believe that any use of chemical weapons in Syria would very likely have been originated with the Assad regime. Okay, so with some degree of varying confidence, Chemical weapons may have been used on a small scale in Syria. And uh, they don't know for sure, but they think it's very likely that those chemical weapons uh, originated with the Assad regime. They don't know it for sure, but they think it's very likely. Well, that was enough to make the right wing go absolutely crazy. Uh, here's just an idea how they responded to Chuck Hagel and to this announcement. They cannot wait to go to war. Never mind this uh, small degree of varying confidence, the small scale, the, uh, thing, uh, the fact that it's likely but not known for certain that it was actually the Assad regime who used it. Never mind. They can't wait to go to war. Chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Mike Rogers, you've also, of course, looked at, at a lot of this evidence. Is it conclusive enough for you? Um, it is. I hope that this new revelation of chemical weapons will move the president to do what he should have done two years ago. Aren't there lessons from Iraq that need to be uh, taken into mind here? Well, one of the lessons, obviously, and no. we hear this no. a lot from the administration, is that we had false information about weapons of mass destruction with Iraq. Our actions should not be dictated on by whether Bashar Assad used these chemical weapons or not. First of all, uh, sooner or what? later, he most likely would. We now know he's used chemical weapons. Well, do we really people. know that, Senator? I mean, I... This is not a president who wants to start another war. That's the way he sees it. 
Um, I think it's totally irresponsible for an American president oh, to have that. Totally. No one wants to start wars, but you've got to do what you've got to do. Be prepared with an international force. The chemical weapons, enough to kill millions of people, are going to be compromised and fall in the wrong hands. And the next bomb that goes off in America may not have nails and glass in it. Oh, it may be a mushroom cloud. There you heard uh, Senator John McCain, Lindsey, uh, uh, what's his name from North Carolina? Lindsey Graham. Uh, Bill Crystal, uh, they can't wait to go to war. They think it's a terrible thing that the president doesn't want to go to war. They don't care whether he actually used them or not, says John McCain. And uh, John McCain actually has the ability within a single sentence to say two different things. Is this uh, number five? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, clip number five here. Here's John McCain once again responding on this same issue. And notice how he says, we don't know whether they, uh, the Assad regime used chemical weapons, but we do know that they, he used chemical weapons. The president has not wanted to engage in Syria in any way, any meaningful way. For a couple of years, while 70 to 80,000 people have been slaughtered, millions of refugees, etc. Uh, so I'm not too surprised, but the fact is the British and the French and the Israeli intelligence agencies have all concluded that uh, Bashar Assad used these chemical weapons. And uh, so uh, the, uh, I'm disappointed. We need to give them a safe zone. We need to supply them with weapons going to the right people, and we need to be prepared uh, to secure these caches of chemical weapons uh, in the event that Bashar uses them or uh, after he falls that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. That was uh, John McCain at the end of April. What do you mean we have to uh, be prepared in case, in the event that Bashar uses them? One sentence earlier in the same paragraph, John McCain, you said that the British, the French, and the Israeli intelligence have all concluded that Assad has used chemical weapons. They don't care. They want to send you to war. Uh, it's amazing. Here we are 10 years, almost 10 years to the day after we went to war over fake, invisible, non-existent WMD in Iraq. You even had, uh, what's his name, Ari Fleischer, the guy who was you know, leading the lies on Iraq as press secretary for George W. Bush. You had him go on uh, onto Twitter last week and said, uh, next time President Obama says he's drawn a red line, ask if he used invisible ink. That comes from Ari Fleischer, the man who sent us to war over invisible weapons of mass destruction. That resulted in more than 4,000 U.S. troops dead, hundreds of thousands of Iraqi civilians dead. But of course, Ari Fleischer... Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Bill Crystal, they're not going to war. Your kids are going to war, to their war. Now, once again, uh, the red line, according to Obama, was that if we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moved around or being utilized, we haven't seen that. And this story, by the way, gets worse in a second. So stay with me. Uh, at, at a press conference, at his press conference, I believe this was last week, uh, here's what he had to say. He, he sort of backed off of what Chuck Hagel had said uh, about the varying degrees of confidence, the likelihood that it was Bashar Assad uh, who actually used these weapons. He was a bit more responsible 
uh, President Obama was in this press conference last week. What we now have is evidence that chemical weapons have been used inside of Syria, but we don't know how they were used, when they were used, who used them. We don't have a chain of uh, custody that establishes what exactly happened. And when I am making decisions about uh, America's national security and the potential for taking additional action uh, in response to chemical weapon use, I've got to make sure I've got the facts. Well, that would be good. Let's make sure we have the facts. So now he's saying, thankfully, that he does not know whether it was Assad who used those uh, those chemical weapons. This was last week. This was uh, just five days after the U.S. had said, we think there's a likelihood that they originated with the Assad regime. But he came out in that press conference last week and said, we don't really know who is using those chemical weapons. Good. That's the responsible thing to do. Of course, that didn't keep the media from going nuts. Again, not just the right wing, but the actual uh, media, including Bill Keller of the New York Times, who was there back when the New York Times was putting uh, Saddam's WMD on the front page. Completely false reports. He came out and he wrote on Sunday, this past Sunday, whatever we decide, getting Syria right starts with getting over Iraq. We have to get over Iraq. We have to get over that mistake and move on. We have to start another war. Cokie Roberts on ABC This Week apparently agreed with Bill Keller. With the public being so completely uh, disillusioned with American wars abroad that have gone on for so long, you know that these wars in Afghanistan and, and Iraq have cost every American family something like $45,000, not to mention, of course, the lives. And um, it really takes a whole foreign policy option off the table Aww. when Americans say that they don't want to have our troops uh, engaged in another war. And that's a problem, because we need to have every single option available Uh, in a very dangerous world. Yes, it's a problem. It's a problem when Americans say they don't want to have our troops engaged in another war, says ABC's This Week, based on reports of chemical weapons that we don't know were actually used by a regime that we don't actually know if they use them. So after Bill Keller in the New York Times says we have to get over Iraq, after Cokie Roberts goes on ABC, both on Sunday, to whine that it's a problem, that America is not uh, interested in going to war for some odd reason, what do you know? We get a report, a report, a report from Reuters on that same Sunday night saying, quote, U.N. human rights investigators have gathered testimony from casualties of serious civil war and medical staff indicating that rebel forces have used the nerve agent sarin, according to one of the lead investigators on Sunday. The U.N. Independent Commission of, of Inquiry on Syria has not yet seen evidence of government forces having used chemical weapons, which are banned under international law, said Commissioner, uh, Commission member Carla Del Ponte. She said, our investigators have been in neighboring countries, interviewing victims, doctors, and field hospitals, and according to their report of last week, which I have seen, there are strong concrete suspicions, but not yet incontrovertible proof, of the use of sarin gas from the way the victims were treated. 
This was use on the part of the opposition, the rebels, not by the government authorities. So it wasn't the Assad regime. It was the rebels, the people that John McCain now wants us to support. They were the ones using the chemical weapons. Well, we don't know for sure. Uh, the, uh, the commission came out with a statement to clarify the next day, not to contradict, not to walk back, as has been reported even by MSNBC, but to clarify. They said, quote, uh, they put out a statement, the Independent International Commission of Inquiry on the Syrian Arab Republic wishes to clarify, to clarify that it has not reached conclusive findings as to the use of chemical weapons in Syria by any parties to the conflict. The chair of the commission's inquiry uh, reminds all parties to the conflict that the use of chemical weapons is prohibited in all circumstances. They'll issue their finding on uh, in June of 2013. So we don't even know who used these chemical weapons, and yet the right wing is falling for it. The uh, media is falling for it. Clearly, we have learned nothing in 10 years. Let's get to some green news here. Do we even have time for Desi's theme? Nah. Let's let's just go straight to. Hey, Desi. Sorry, I've been rad- prattling on and on. Let's get to the green news report. Okay. Shall we? Roll it. Our climate is changing. The weather uh, is becoming more intense. It's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of lives. In an early wildfire season, California Governor warns climate change is expensive. Flames shooting as high as a thousand feet in the air. Explosions rocking the streets as if there'd been an earthquake. Record fine for a natural gas pipeline explosion. J.P. Morgan accused of Enron-style manipulation. Plus... The government is forcing me, taking my right to choose away from me, sticking a mercury light bulb down my throat and saying, it's good for you. Right-wingers like money-saving light bulbs unless they help the environment. All of that and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The city of Dallas, Dallas... Hitting a record low, so much for Al Gore's global warming prediction. Do the this is your Green News report. So Desi Doyen, uh, you know it, it snows in May, and Fox News takes this as a sign of there is no global warming. So do they really not get it? Are they really that stupid? Are they really that misinformed? Or are they paid to be that stupid and misinformed? I don't pretend to know what they're thinking, but well, you could pretend. Just make something up. Fox News does. They make a lot of money doing it. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> it is certainly surprising that across the entire channel, they all don't get the science. What do you have for us today in not made up news? Well, remember that deadly natural gas pipeline explosion near San Francisco in 2010? Some first thought a plane had crashed into the neighborhood, but it was a gas pipe three feet underground that had ruptured and exploded, leaving a crater 30 feet wide with flames spewing out in every direction. It blew up a residential neighborhood and killed eight people. And now a record 2.5 billion fine has been recommended for utility giant Pacific Gas and Electric for that natural gas pipeline explosion. If approved, the fine would be the largest in state history levied by the California Public Utility Commission. And that's giving PG&E a break. The commission said full fines for every violation they found would be more 
more than the company is worth. I see. So, again, we've got another too-big-to-jail-too-big-to-fail company in PG&E? It sure looks like it. Go figure. Remember how Enron manipulated California's electricity market back in 2001? Oh, I do. The New York Times reports this week that banking giant J.P. Morgan Chase is now under investigation by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission for a similar scheme. They're accused of rigging electricity prices in California and Michigan to, quote, falsely appear attractive and costing those states at least $83 million in overcharges. Oh, well, no worries. J.P. Morgan, also too big to jail, too big to fail, so I'm sure they'll skate with a slap on the wrist. It's official. 2012 was the ninth hottest year globally. Thus, proving Fox News is right that it's getting colder because it wasn't the first hottest year globally. The last 12 years were among the 13 hottest years on record. That's according to the World Meteorological Organization. Now remember, last year, 2012, was the hottest year on record for the continental United States. But because of record extremes of rain and snow in Europe, 2012 was only the ninth hottest year for the planet. And that's how Fox News says, oh look, the planet is cooling. And the planet's wet regions are likely to get wetter, while the driest regions will get drier in coming decades due to warming of the atmosphere caused by increased levels of carbon dioxide. That's according to a new NASA analysis projecting higher global temperatures will shift precipitation patterns around the planet, bringing more extreme rainfall to the tropics and more frequent deeper droughts to drier areas of the globe. In California, changes in weather patterns are already having an immediate impact. After an unusually dry winter, California's mountain snowpack is only 17% of normal this year, which does not bode well for the summer wildfire season that is already off to an unusually early and ferocious start. At a press conference for California's Wildfire Awareness Week, California Governor Jerry Brown warned that climate change is expensive and pledged to take action. Our climate is changing. The weather uh, is becoming more intense. The big issue, uh, how do we adapt? And adapting is going to be very, very expensive because whatever we need to spend today, it's going to be more tomorrow. Finally, how's this for absurdity? A new study finds that right-wing Republicans will buy money-saving, energy-efficient light bulbs as long as the packaging doesn't mention anything about the environment. A Wharton School of Business study found participants chose money-saving light bulbs at the same rate regardless of their political ideology, except when the packaging also mentioned benefits to the environment. Self-identified conservatives refused the money-saving bulbs whenever the packaging said anything about being good for the environment. Which is hilarious if you remember back about a year or so ago when Fox News was uh, pretending to be outraged about having to buy light bulbs with mercury in them. Of course, they don't have to, but their pretend concern was how bad mercury is for the environment. They'll say anything, won't they? Fox News. For much more on all of our stories today and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, find us and like us on the Facebook and follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah, we're running late. Sorry, i got to get out of here. My thanks to Desi Doy and our producer, our associate producer, Marco Paez, our soundboard operator, G. Uh, we'll see you soon. Stop by bradblog.com. Tweet me on the Brad blog. I am Brad Friedman. This has been your Bradcast. Good night, America.